Here we go. Another edition of WTOP Huddle. Dave Jasson, George Wallace, Rob Woodfork, and Dave Preston. No, we didn't find Christian. Uh, he's away on his honeymoon. You know, these excuses people send us in uh, and they, they claim honeymoon. I don't know. We're going to we're gonna have to see a marriage certificate before we give them a bio on that. You know, the beauty of, of this show is it is taped and it's something everybody can watch. So I, I'm not sure I have to go back to the tape and see if anybody declared the wizard season was over because that would be fun to pull out that videotape if that was the, the case. But it's very much not over. And even though even though they're kind of on the outside looking in, even though they really don't have tiebreakers with teams like the, the Chicago Bulls in front of them, it just feels like the momentum, where's Wood to knock on, the momentum is with the Wizards. Rob, what if we go? Your thoughts. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed the birthday present that they gave you with that uh, win Monday night. Huh? Yeah. Although, yeah. Although I will say <laughs> they could have done it in a little bit easier fashion because yeah, that's not Kevin Durant's Oklahoma City Thunder, but the bottom line, right. they got it done. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I had one, a more thing, my... one more thing. If I have to say Pokushevsky one more time, I, I think my career is over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was kind of a who's who of who's that on that roster over there in Oklahoma City. That, there's no doubt about that. So good win for them to pull that out because you cannot, and I repeat, cannot have any of those games again where you lose to teams that you should beat right now the Wizards for all intents and purposes are in the playoffs because in order to make them not only do you have to kind of get in that uh, that top 10 but you have to be better than Chicago you have to be better than Toronto because of the tiebreaker advantages that those teams hold over the Wizards but uh, a buddy of mine looked at me crazy when I said this to him and it's going to come off a little hot takey but uh, the trade for Daniel Gafford saved the Wizards season. And those are words that I didn't think I would ever say. But if you look at the numbers, he's averaging 11 points, close to six rebounds, two blocks per game. And he has been, uh, you know, I stopped short of calling him a rim protector, but I mean, he's altering shots, he's blocking shots, he's been a, a lob threat. And he's been that third X factor for the Wizards that, they that they desperately need because you know what you're getting with Russell Westbrook you know what you're getting with Bradley Beal and those guys are pretty consistently giving you that but you need that third guy to really chip in and uh and, and get this team over the top and make them a playoff contender and Daniel Gafford has been doing that now if he can continue this pace and that is a question mark because literally those numbers I just spat at you those are double what he was averaging in Chicago. So, and plus it's a small sample size. He's only played eight games here, but if he can continue that pace, if he continues to play at that level, this is a playoff team. Well, and, and a couple of things, uh, and that's why he was featured the morning on, on WTLB sports. Just along your lines, I wanted to feature Daniel Gafford, knowing some people listening, but I've been saying, well, who's Daniel Gafford if they weren't paying close attention that was my whole Saturday morning. That was my whole Saturday morning. Okay. Everybody was talking about Russell Westbrook's 36 points. Gafford had a plus 16 against the Pelicans on Friday night. That was the best. He was the most impactful player in that game. And those offensive numbers you're talking about, guess what? In Chicago, he didn't have Russell Westbrook finding him. And Russell right. Westbrook will find anybody out there. And he's going to make anyone better because that's the thing about Russell Westbrook. Those numbers he puts up are not numbers that are about me. It's about numbers that he really cares and wants, wants to win. And Scott Brooks had the greatest line about, yeah, he's mad about his 4.9 turnovers to a game to a point, to a point, 
he wonders that he should probably have an ulcer. It's bothering him so much. So I think first and foremost, from a simple fan perspective, you have to appreciate a future Hall of Famer that, that cares. And part of it, he cares because he always still feels he has to prove something. And I think that's a dynamic that needs to be celebrated. Why there's a special relationship between him and Scott Brooks, because when he came in the league, people were saying, well, you know, it might be a six man of the year candidate, or a combo guard. Scott Brooks said, no, no, he's going to be a point guard. And Scott Brooks believed in him. Scott Brooks was an assistant with the then Sonics, which moved to Oklahoma City when they drafted him. He believed in him as he became the head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He continued to believe in him. And he showed that if you believe in a player like Russell Westbrook with that kind of commitment, all things are possible. There's no way in a million years Scott Brooks what was po- believed what was possible was, oh, he would just turn triple-double into a normal occurrence. And that's still, uh, Rob, I still steal your line. He's normalized triple doubles. And that's, it's not, it's not a normal stat. It's not a normal stat for a six, four guard. So uh, I'm getting off on the Westbrook track while dovetailing what you said about Daniel Gafford. But uh, the bottom line is uh, that he is an athletic player, but uses his athleticism. Everyone in the NBA has got some athleticism, but he's, he has got that athleticism that he's now learned how to channel it and use it. And that especially comes up on the defensive end and not only protecting the rim, but he'll get out there and challenge uh, players on the perimeter with an arm that seems like it goes on for two miles. And if you're trying to shoot over Daniel Gafford, you're thinking, wait a minute, that arm's got to be made out of plastic because I don't think it was that long. And now I'm trying to shoot over him. And it is. So he, he absolutely has made a difference. And now I'm going to go off on a, on a wizard soliloquy and, and hog up the next 20 minutes, but you're, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> George Wallace, I know you got to get in there. Get, stop me from talking because I'm excited about what's going on. Uh, no, I am too. And look, if anybody had declared the season over, it was the guy in the bottom right-hand corner, Rob. Let's all be honest <laughs> because that's just what he does. I'm um, on the top right-hand look, corner on my screen, so I was confused. <laughs> well, um, Look, now I, I think, and I think they're playing defense too. I, I, I think that is a big key. We always hear about that in the NBA. You got to win, you know, yeah, you can score 145 points. You got to play defense, but this team's playing defense now too. And I think that is a big part of it. They're actually buckling down, playing defense, especially in the second half when games need to be won. And you're absolutely right. You can't lose any more games like to Oklahoma city. And I'll tell you what, why it's, it's, how many times have we said a player has left here at the trade deadline, gone somewhere else, and taken to a team? So now it's our turn to get somebody like Gafford. Okay, he wasn't averaging that in Chicago, but he comes here. Now he's helping this team. So the change of scenery has been great. And I tell you what, this team's going to be a problem for somebody if they get in the playoffs. Did we lose? Uh... We lost Dave. Dave here. Muted. Oh, Dave. Dave Johnson's Dave muted. Dave muted. We can't even blame it on live TV this time. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll hey, blame you it on the second vaccine. I'll turn it positive. You know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I got the second vaccine. I'm a little loopy right now. Dave Preston, I'm not loopy about what the Wizards are doing right now, but your take. Well, I think it's heading into the season after they made the trade. For uh, Russell Westbrook, a lot of us thought that they had a chance to be a 40-win team and, you know, 40 and 32 be with the uh, smaller schedule. Coming out of the gate with everyone hurt, with Westbrook not playing back-to-back, the uh, COVID pause, they did not play like a 40-win team in 72 games. The last couple weeks they have, they've shown us what we thought that they might be 
way back when in December. And unfortunately, they've got to, they can, they have very little margin for error as far as uh, chasing the seventh, eighth, ninth, or 10th spot in this playoff uh, race for the play-in round. Uh, I think what has been helpful with Gafford is he's not exactly filled the spot of Thomas Bryant, but I think the team took a spot, uh, a step back when Thomas Bryant was deemed done for the season. He's not the exact same player, but he's filling sort of the void, sort of the energy and production you needed from Tom Thomas Bryant in that position that all of a sudden you, there was nobody to fill that spot. Gafford's done a good job doing that. Davis Bertans had a huge night Monday coming back from the birth of his uh, son, six for 12 from three-point range off the bench. If he can continue to be a force to reckon with off the pine, that will be huge. Rui Hachimura needs to stay healthy. He didn't play Monday evening, but he's really found his offensive game as of late. So there's a lot of positives. It's not just Beal and Westbrook, but I think Westbrook is the enzyme that really – drives the engine for this train. I think that Bradley Beal is having a fantastic season, but you look at the effect that Westbrook is having on his teammates, that he's having on, uh, on, on the team as a whole, and we see that where they're not losing games recently to sub-500 teams, where previously they would lose games to sub-500 teams. And, not, and even earlier this year, uh, they'd uh, lose to a Sacramento after beating a Utah. Not so that, not so this past week. So, uh, you know, I, I think the everybody's buying Wizards stock, and I'm one of them. And, and they've stayed together, and that's a credit to the players, the coach. They may want to fire the coach because it's not it's not been an easy season, right, with the COVID shutdown, et cetera. But also, it, it, you do have players. You say Russell Westbrook that they really care, and I, I'll share this with you. I did a thing with Bradley Beal the other night with the sponsors. And we were talking about his season, and he said, you're going to be surprised when I tell you this. He hates his game. He hates his game, he says. And we're all looking at him like, Bradley, did, uh, have you looked at the, uh, the, the, the stats lately? You're leading the NBA in scoring. <laughs> the NBA. <laughs> and he can go right down the list of all the things that he wants to do better. And he tells the story. He's that way because of his mother. Because his mother, as she says, Mama Beal was Bobby Knight before Bobby Knight. And, and he, she would – she would get on him as, as a kid, and, yeah, he would get frustrated, and she said, one day you're going to thank me. And he does thank Mama Beal for, for the influence he had on her growing on him growing up and, and commitment to excellence, but he still has Mama Beal in his ear. So, yeah, he may be leading the NBA in scoring, but it, it, Mama Beal is watching, and she's saying things that, that he can get better on. And, oh, by the way, as we talk about the Daniel Gafford situation, it's now centered by committee with Alex Len thrown in there, they find ways to, to bail out without no Thomas Bryant, but also Robin Lopez. And I think uh, you guys, the darndest things I've ever seen, the hook shot, he misses a shot like once every three games, it seems. At one point, there was a stretch of seven games where he missed only a total of 11 shots. And he's doing it with slow motion moves into the paint. You can, it feels like we just went to a slow motion camera, a pivot to the left, pivot to the right, the footwork, boom, boom, and then a lot. He doesn't even get off the ground, and it's not blocked. He scores, and you're you're thinking, what's going on here? So there's there's a lot. He of also had that really sick play on Monday night where he caught the rebound with one hand, shot it, and got the and one. And I was just like, what what was that? I mean, you you do that in the driveway against like your little brother maybe, but you don't do that in an NBA game. So he's yeah. he's had his he's had his share of impact as well. And the scary and thing is a certain age will, com 
fans of a certain age will compare his agility and speed to that of Steve Austin uh, during the pre-credit <laughs> sequence of $60 million man, where he's just doing his thing. Yes. Wow. So there we go. The, uh, I had to throw in a little E majors for you. No, that, that's good. It's, and it's, and he's easily Googleable. You can Google him and find out what the, yeah, the $6 Google. million dollar man. I yeah, still right. have that sound effect in my, my head as we talk about <laughs> hell, but it's, and George hit the nail on the head. The crazy thing is this run is happening with a team still missing free throws, still missing buckets of, of three pointers. It's, it, they're not doing it with offense. They're doing it with defense. And again, you're kind of saying, well, wait a minute. That's not the Wizards team we expected at the start. All right. Uh, Anybody else have a ulcer about seeing Steven Strasburg uh, suffer that, that shoulder injury? Can't make a start. So with you, Dave Preston, your, your take on, on this team now. Hey. Oh, we have some injuries. I was all set to. Uh, I, I hopped on the metro this past Sunday. Was going down to Southwest DC or Southeast DC to watch Steven Strasburg pitch against Madison Bumgarner. And uh, lo and behold, uh, Strasburg's on the shelf with right shoulder tightness. So it's there, your there fault. Are, <laughs> I know pretty much exactly. So uh, it's, it, it's all on me. Uh, plenty of concerns because here's a guy who pitched only a, a total of five innings last year. And, you know, if, if he's unable to post, you know, 25, you know, starts this year, that's going to hurt. Uh, John Lester has yet to pitch in a regular season game this year. Joe Ross pitched very well. His first two starts, not so good uh, Monday evening. So we don't expect Joe Ross to be great. We expect him to not be taking the water that he did uh, Monday night. Uh, Patrick Corbin is looking more like the 2020 Corbin as opposed to the 2019 Corbin. He needs to get right. Max Scherzer allowed those early home runs on opening day, but he's been solid since. But you know, the thing is, a, a starting pitcher is just one bad outing with uh, putting you on the ledge. And I think for a team that has been built on starting pitching over the years from the days and when they when they had Jordan Zimmerman and Gio Gonzalez, you know, fronting the rotation in the playoffs to recently when they won the World Series behind the big three, you have to be concerned. And uh, even though there, there are other aspects to this team that you'd like to see a little bit better, uh, productive bats aren't ideal. They, I think, yes, uh, Monday they were second in the league in hitting, but second to last in the league in runs per game. So they're not getting timely hits, which is a concern, especially when your pitching staff, when your starters don't get you to the sixth or seventh inning, the bullpen is in danger of getting gas. That was a problem in 2018 with uh, Davey Martinez. Uh, a lot of us thought that it was, you know, rookie, you know, beginner's mistakes where it seemed like he just, he destroyed his bullpen pitching him in way too many, even low leverage situations in April and May. And by June and July, guys like Kinsler, Madsen were both gassed. Uh, Doolittle wasn't the same after the all-star break. You have that concern that with back-to-back uh, -back days, Sunday and Monday, the bullpen having to percolate by the fifth inning, you have to be concerned because things can get ugly quickly. George? Yeah, and, you know, with the starting rotation, I think I saw it was a, it was a 6 4 ERA. It's like 30th right now Worst in the big leagues. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's I'm not good. good. Uh, and, and um, you know, look, the Strasburg thing, you know, I, I, nobody's going to be shocked when he goes on the injured list. And that's just unfortunate, but that's just the way it is with him. And I saw a lot of people the other day saying, well, I should have signed Anthony Rendon, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you can go back and forth on that all you want. Anthony Rendon wanted to leave town. He was going to go. Um, and Strasburg was your World Series MVP. So we can't go there with that. But it is unfortunate. And like Dave mentioned last year, last inning, la excuse me, last year, how little he pitched. 
and then already this year starting off to you've you've seen this kind of um uh you've seen this from him before this pattern so you just hope that this isn't a lingering thing and he can get back and joe ross fix some things because the starting pitching you know we go into it every year talking about how this team is going to be built on that big three and then with joe ross and lester and it's not an ideal start so they you it's going to get late quickly here so uh you better you just hope they turn around you turn it around fast because as david martinez mentioned yesterday you can't keep taxing the bullpen every day yeah yeah weren't you the one giving me grief because i said i was worried about this starting rotation before the season who me <laughs> yeah i mean look i th- th- this was you're this making was that up you're making no, that this up, was, this, no, this was always the concern. I mean, look, because you have Scherzer, you, you know you have to deal with injuries at some point with Strasburg, uh, but everything basically after that is uh, is where you have concerns. And sure enough, I mean, Joe Ross has a disastrous start. You had uh, dis- another disaster. As a matter of fact, Scherzer's the only one who hasn't had a disastrous start yeah. from the starting rotation so far. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean, it's starting to look like maybe they need to shorten the rotation for a little while while you don't have Strasburg, while you have some guys that are struggling. Maybe you go to four guys until you can get John Lester in there. Uh, and and uh, sure, it's going to tax your bullpen. But, I mean, you look at this team, man, and <laughs> – they they're actually lucky to have five wins. Their, uh, yeah. their run differential this season is minus 22. That's third worst in the league. So it's not just the pitching. It's also, they're not hitting. And as Dave mentioned, they're not getting timely hits. Like they're getting on base, but they're stranding a bunch of base runners. So, I mean, basically every asset uh, aspect of this team is, uh, is struggling in parts. And the only reason why they have five wins is because they haven't all struggled at once on a consistent basis. Two things uh, I'd like to build on. Two things I'd like got, to build on. I got to go. Uh, okay. <laughs> final thoughts, Georgie? No, go ahead. Rob's, no, no. Rob's, final thoughts you know, today, George. Your grocery no, list. I, I mean, we didn't get it. We didn't tell, I mean, before I go, I just went, you know, you touch on the Alex Smith thing real, real quick. Uh, I think it's probably the right decision for him. I know he said he had a lot of snaps left in his career, but let's be honest, when he went down to Jacksonville and even Urban Meyer talking about how they're concerned about his health, no shocker there. So I think Alex making the right decision. Heck of a career. Great story for all of us last year. Helped this team get to the playoffs. But probably the right move to make it on his own now. Make the call on his own to walk away from the game. All right. Literally. George, it's a sports cast. Walk away. <laughs> so, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. To, to, to literally be able to yeah. walk away from right, the game. Right, right. You know, instead of getting carted off. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. George, as a sports cast, Dave, you had a point to build on? Hey, hey, to jump back uh, topics, but, uh, you know, Rod made the point of, you know, perhaps they could go with four interesting article by Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post said that with the way that the off days are built in over the next few weeks, I think until May 8th, they can go to a four man rotation. if John Lester is not back yet and building off on that, Eric Fetty, after a very rough first outing has really pitched well these last two times uh, on the mound. Granted, two times does not make a season as we've seen with uh, Joe Ross. Lastly, about the Nats, Anthony Rendon just happens to be on the injured list as well. We're just not hearing about it because it's out West. So, uh, you know, it, it was mentioned Sunday when Strasburg went on the injured list. It's like, well, for those who are saying you should have signed Rendon, he's there as well. And, and by the way, when Dave Preston a little while ago said not very good, I always thought it was Steve Spurrier saying 
Five and eleven. Not- <laughs> oh man, I I don't have my uh, vibes. That was that was a great that was a great Steve Spurrier. Nor should you. You don't live in Florida. There's a very specific place to live to wear visors, and we don't live in that that place. No, we don't live in Florida. And in fact, we're in our final moments on the huddle, and we we touched on Alex Smith. So some final thoughts from uh, you guys on, on whatever's on your mind, Rob. I'll start with you. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, just to sort of piggyback on what George was saying, yes, uh, Alex Smith, uh, perfect uh, punctuation. And it's very rare that you have a guy who uh, says what he means and means what he says. And uh, he said from the beginning, I want to, I just want to come back. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I just want to know that I could do it. I just want to say that I came back from this catastrophic injury and I was able to play football and he was able to come back. He not only did he play, he played well enough to help a team get to the playoffs. And, um, you know, I, 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 you got to take your hat off to him. And he's one of the greatest comeback stories, maybe in all of professional sports. And I think that will be his legacy because for a time he was the number one overall pick and did not live up to that lofty goals, uh, that lofty draft status when he was in San Francisco uh, the most famous thing he did in uh, in uh, Kansas City was uh, hand the reins off and, and help Patrick Mahomes kind of get ready to be the starter there. And of course, the catastrophic injury here in Washington. But I think that now is his legacy is being able to come back from that and be that inspirational story. And if that's all that comes out of that comeback, it was absolutely worth it. And it's also worth mentioning Jordan Reed is retiring. And that is one of the great what if stories here in Washington, um, maybe on par with RG3, that if he stayed healthy, you know, what could he have been? Uh, because he was such a special player as a pass catcher and uh, just a, a matchup nightmare from the tight end position. And he could have revolutionized uh, the way we look at that position if he could have stayed healthy and, uh, and, and been teamed with a, a consistent option at quarterback. And to your point, I think we should always celebrate or remember, not celebrate, but remember Alex Smith almost lost his life in addition to losing his leg. And he comes back to starting uh, in the NFL. Uh, that's a short sentence right there, but that, that says it all. Dave Preston? I think, you know, building off of that, yeah, I think a great lesson to those of us outside the game or those of us, you know, who, uh, who don't even, uh, who don't play, that the bend in the road is not necessarily the end of the road. He definitely could have, called it a career if after things did not work out for him in San Francisco, as well as in Kansas city, as well as after he almost lost his leg. And uh, as, as we mentioned, his life, uh, the, the perseverance being able to, to come back, nobody comes back from that type of injury. It's just, it, with, there was a piece of sock that somehow wound up in his leg. Nobody comes back and plays competitively following an injury of that nature. You cannot stress that enough. And all props to him that, as we mentioned, he's able to walk away. He's able to enjoy a wonderful life. He, I guess he, was, he went snowboarding with his dad and with his kids. So he's able to live a somewhat uh, healthy, quality life. I'm sure there's always going to be concerns with that leg as he gets older. But uh, what an incredible career he has had. And uh, I, I, I feel envious for the quarterbacks that he mentors moving forward. Because I assume, or I would think that he would be a great quarterbacks coach somewhere. And the guys who he tutors in the future will have a great person to work with. And last but not least, you mentioned Jordan Reed again. Rob hit the nail on the head. One of the great what-ifs for this franchise. This franchise has had a ton of what-ifs from uh, Robert Griffin III, even Alex Smith. What would have happened had he not broken uh, his leg? I'm not saying they would have won the Super Bowl that year, but if 
Alex Smith doesn't break his leg the way he did in that game in 2018, Jay Gruden still very well may be the head coach of the Burgundy and Gold. One never knows. So it just it just goes to show that this is a very fleeting game to Jordan Reed, just like Robert Griffin, the third we thought was going to be a burgundy and gold icon. He had a chance to be a fantastic player for this franchise. And just like we thought the Kirk cousins was going to be, Hey, they finally have a quarterback for the future on this team and he's playing well, it can be gone in an instant. And you have to appreciate these players while we're here and Jordan Reed uh, never lived up to those uh, long-term expectations, but gosh, he was fun to watch while he was here. And I'll celebrate that. And that, and that's the cruel uh, reality of, of the NFL. It is a league that can produce so many what-if stories because of the nature of the game. And that's why uh, you need to just appreciate the moment because you don't know what the next season or the next week is going to bring. I'll just close real quick that belief, just like we talked about Alex Smith coming back, he obviously believed. Belief is so important in sports and you don't need to follow soccer closely to appreciate the D.C. United story as they got off to an opening week win. Their coach, Hernan Lozada, here's a guy from Argentina who went to Belgium, has a belief in how he wants to play, and he wants to take on life in the United States. And he comes in with a whole new style, a whole new system, and he has to get players to buy in. And part of that is it, it, it centers around fitness. With him, you're either fit or you're dead playing. It's as simple as, as that with Hernan Lozada. And their opening week result, the way they played, the way they entertained – High risk when you're pressing that way. You can easily lose 5 nothing if, if you're not playing together. Instead, a defender and a defensive midfielder score classic goals because it's a, it's a collective effort. And he said at the end of the game to the players who celebrated him in the locker room, he said, this is what happens when you believe. And so it's a great story. You don't need to like soccer to appreciate. Here's a guy who came and said, we're going to do it my way. And if you believe in me, good things might happen. It's only one week, but it was fun to see. And it's always fun to be with so, you guys. So Dave, Dave, yeah. Dave, before we before we sign off, let's. Uh, I, I want to touch on this because as we are taping this right now, the Golden State Warriors are coming to town to play the Wizards. We're going to get Bradley Beal versus Steph Curry, the top two scorers in the league. And in fact, Curry overtook him for the league lead because of that ridiculous game that he just had in Philadelphia. Would you, Dave? Would you say that this? game uh i mean this will be a great matchup it'll be a great scoring duel between these two players but would you put this on par with uh, the great home run battle between mcguire and sosa back in the day well i uh, i know that's going to come off a little hot takey but right now we have so many stars in the nba that there's so many star players in the nba who are sidelined right now and at a time where the league absolutely needs some star power to step up and, and uh, really make things interesting here in the regular season, these two guys are delivering. They are delivering. And I don't know if it, if it, if it compares to, to that point you're talking about, McGuire and, and Sosa. Uh, and, and maybe it's also the nature of, of the games because it really isn't uh, cliche when they talk about the, the team and, and, and getting the win and, and not being focused on the points where sometimes baseball is a game of, what is it, a team game played by individuals or, or the very sure. nature of baseball. The one thing that is great is, is while they may not be watching the other box scores, we're all starting to do that. How many, all right, the, the game's going on right now. What does Steph Curry have? And, and we know what Bradley Beal has. So the, the set, to your point, the sense of excitement that it's uh, creating and it's, and it's uh, excitement involving uh, a Wizards player, Bradley Beal, and and you feel the 
the buzz around the NBA that, all right, we're going to get Beal and, and Curry on the same court in a game with, with a lot of meaning. So it, it's good to have that, that, that big time feel to it. It almost reminds me uh, back in the day when LeBron James would come into town with the Cavaliers, you'd feel that extra, uh, you know, buzz. And this is the Warriors because they're in the Western conference are not a rival like the Cavaliers, but there, there is, wait a minute here. We've got two of the brightest stars. Uh, and, and while they're not going to, be individually looking to outduel the other. It's going to be about beating the other team. We're excited to see what they can do to help their respective teams uh, win. And and believe me, that's it's it's going to be on Russell Westbrook's mind that he's going to be setting up Bradley Beal <laughs> as much as he can when he can. He's not going to force it, uh, sure. but it, but it brings some electricity to the game. There's no question about it. Yeah, sorry to call it audible there, man, but I wanted to fit that in before that game because yeah. I mean that's that's going to be one that's going to. Uh, I mean, we're obviously going to be watching it with a bated breath here in Washington and uh, obviously in Golden State, they're in the middle of a playoff run as a playoff push as well. But, um, you know, I think this is one that may be looked upon from all of the NBA world for a change. And, you know, it's not it's not every day that the Wizards are involved in a game like that. No, and if you listen, it'll be exciting, too. So and and the other thing, part (laughs) of the equation to throw in there, I know it's only twenty one hundred fans, but it will be the first event back at Capital One Arena with fans since the pandemic. And, oh, yeah, you throw in Steph Curry, Bradley Beal, Wizards pushing for the playoffs, Warriors. What else do you want? It really is, for once, and it's great to be able to say, a perfect storm in a positive way during right. this period of time. So, good stuff. Now, I'm, now, you know, I'm pumped up for tomorrow. Pumped up <laughs> for the next day. And that's what the WTOP huddle should do. Pump you up for the next day, next week, or maybe you're saying – I can do better than those idiots. And I want to go ahead and tweet us, send us an email. Let us know what you think. <laughs> we appreciate George Wallace in between Sportscast, Dave Preston, Rob Woodfork. I'm Dave Johnson. Most of all, we appreciate your time. Break.